Hey everybody, welcome to the Buckeye and Bluegrass Outdoor Adventure Podcast. We're doing a little something different this week. Uh, we're going to be kicking off with a segment that I'm going to call Man Shit, where we just like to sit around and we like to talk about guy stuff, man. We like to talk about motorcycles, hunting, fishing. Uh, I'm making moonshine currently, so we can talk a little bit about that. Unfortunately, Josh is not able to be on the episode this week. However, I am joined by a good friend of the show and owner and operator of the VK Cowboys Clothing Company, along with the No Coast uh, VK Podcast. So, with that being said, Aaron, can you hear me? How's it going, brother? Yo, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, brother. Just working a lot, spending a lot of time with the family during the hunting off season getting my motorcycle out riding it when i can well doesn't that just sound like the most american thing ever <laughs> absolutely nothing like riding a riding a harley davidson on my way to go out and do some fishing you know what i mean and strap that pole on and just go man i've got a five gallon bucket that i've made that's got pvc pipe on the side of it so i can slide my fishing poles into the bucket strap the bucket to the passenger seat and the bucket will hold all of my gear and then the poles just slide right into those th- the uh stuff on the side of it say so, yeah, i i what are you t- bringing the fish back because you know i just spot the little pole holders that you attach to the the bike where the bags are and uh basically goes around the little one inch tube put your pole in there and i just bring a backpack but you have some ingenuity out there it sounds like <laughs> Dude, I'm all, I'm full of hillbilly ingenuity, my guy. I just turned a uh, turkey deep fryer into a moonshine still, so. Moonshine. Yeah. Mm. I know we were just talking the other day about a trip up there, so I hope some of that's going to be ready by November. Well, uh, I, I have an 18-gallon trash can of the actual mash itself, so I, I will be sure to set some aside. I think we'll have plenty. Yeah, or else we're going to go back to drinking the old... Old Taz Brew, Mountain Dew, and Jack Daniels, or what? <laughs> it's been a while, brother. Uh, but I tell you what, when you come out here in November, uh, we I will go to Walmart and I will grab the Mountain Dew and I'll stop and grab the Jack, <laughs> and we will kick it like the good old days, man. That's classic. I like it. <laughs> oh, gonna oh. have gonna have to put the keys to the bikes up though because uh, I can still not wheelie. Or burnout, so. (laughs) Or just do it one time and you'll figure it out. Either your bike's going to get destroyed or you're going to get destroyed, so. (laughs) Right, yeah, either I'm going to drop it on top of me going down the road or I'll learn how to wheelie. And something tells me with my track record, man, it's not going to be the making it work. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) For sure. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, man, and I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Um, I know we had some coordination that we had to do and, you know, obviously life gets in the way and, you know, now I'm doing the same thing, got my podcast going. So we're just going to kind of see how things roll out with that. And I'm going to try to keep up with it as best as I can. And, you know, so thanks for having me and let's talk about some man shit, bro. Oh, absolutely. Uh, real quick, why don't you give us a rundown? What's your podcast about? What, what are you going to be talking about over there? Uh, so no coast cowboys or no coast vacay cowboy podcast. Um, I'm the owner and operator of a clothing company called vacay cowboys clothing, um, out here in Phoenix, Arizona, which we deal with motorcycle, um, the motorcycle community, motorcycle enthusiast, enthusiast, 
um, as well as the 2A community. Um, we are avid believers of, you know, being uh, trained and understanding, like, your laws, uh, the legality of, you know, firearms, and also just, you know, just being an American, being able to tote the 2A, you know, the Second Amendment. Um, but what we what we have going on in the podcast basically talks about entrepreneurship, you know, the business that I have, um, that I started and am running with, uh, the things that it took to get here, the market out in Arizona. I mean, everybody, I mean, Arizona, you know, you've been out here for a little bit and things have changed, but, um, there's a lot of people that are trying to do the same thing all across the U S and, you know, we're just trying to aid to the guys since motorcycles have become so huge in Arizona, bike weeks are blowing up. I was just out of AZ bike week at Westworld. Um, so the community out here is just always looking for the next and best thing. Um, they're looking for quality. They, you know, they want to spend a pretty penny on stuff, but you know, I'm not trying to be that guy that's going to go out and, um, advertise myself as a high price guy. I'm, I'm aiding to the guys that, you know, they want to spend money with a quality company that's going to come out and, make sure that they're taken care of they're getting the best that they're best for their buck that they can afford so we're aiming to that um the community out here as even with the small uh mom and pop shops the businesses that's what we really market to um i'm a strong believer of small business owners and giving my money to them so as a, a small business myself i keep my my community of people my customers very close to me I take care of them and I take care of all the small mom, mom and pop businesses out here. So we talk about, you know, just entrepreneurship. Um, I'll be getting with a lot of tattoo artists, a lot of local bands out here in Arizona, a lot of other companies that not even just in Arizona, but across the U S. So we're going to be basically just talking about all kinds of things, you know, how the market booms from two way hunting, fishing, um, motorcycle apparel and clothing companies, the way that the styles change and uh, another topic that we're going to go into is the motorcycle culture um being part of an organization myself out here we're going to be really talking into different states um the culture of motorcycle clubs communities and stuff like that so it's a lot of exciting stuff it's, it's all in the works but i've been asked been doing it for i've been asked to do it for about six to eight months now so i'm just gonna run with it heck yeah bro Absolutely. You uh you and I when we talked the other day we actually you brought up that you wanted to get into bow hunting. Uh said that you had a case that you won that you now you need to fill that thing with a bow. Yeah, yeah, so uh I got a buddy out here who goes to Idaho. Um he goes hunting, he takes like a ten, fifteen day trip. Um he owns his own business. Uh so he could do that. Again, you know, we I surround myself with small business owners and people that are like-minded. But yeah, he bought me a bow uh, case, and I opened it up, and I was like, what am I going to do with this? And he's like, well, you need to just fill it now. We need to find you a bow, and, you know, we need to go out hunting. So it's one of those things that I was like, yeah, all right, well, where the hell do I start? So I started asking around. I even reached out to you and uh, kind of was like, you know, what do I need to do here? <laughs> And that's when they got into, well, you got a lot of different variations. So let's start with point A through point C. So, but yeah, I got to fill that case, man. So I need to get on it and I want to go and take it out for the sport and just got to figure out what I need. Absolutely, man. My best advice, my biggest advice that I can give you is go into your local archery shop and 
you know, if you have a budget of like, let's say $600, right? Right. Tell them you want a Matthews, a Bear, a PSE, and a Hoyt that is within this price range and test shoot them all. Because shooting a bow is just like shooting a gun, right? Me personally, I love Matthews bows. Uh, if you look at like uh, Cam Haynes, Joe Rogan, those guys, they love Hoyt bows. So it, it's going to come down to, if you ask me, I'm going to say Matthews. If you ask them, they're going to say Hoyt. Right. What is the most comfortable to you? Right. And that is going to be your deciding factor. Like, There's a lot of differences. Matthews, for instance... They have a metal riser, so the whole middle part that stretches up to the limbs is metal. Whereas a Hoyt bow, it's all, it's, uh, I believe it's carbon, or like, yeah, it's carbon. Carbon all the way up, so a Hoyt bow is extremely lighter than a Matthews bow. Gotcha. It's going to come down to a lot of personal preference, personal choices on what you want to get out of your hunting bow. Um, we talked about you coming out here in November and, and us doing some deer hunting. I got a couple spots I can take you to get out and, uh, get you a deer on the ground. So you need to, yeah, I agree with your buddy. You need to hurry up and get a bow and you need to get out and start practicing with it, man. Yeah. See, and out here, like I never hunted, um, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, from South Dakota. I'm a South Dakota boy, so we did some hunting back home. But it's it's a it's a different sport when people tell me like you got to get out with the bow. There's nothing like sitting out there up in a tree and you're just looking down at you know basically your kill and you're just holding your shot for six, seven, eight minutes or whatever the case may be. Some and I'm just like, man, that I better start doing some push-ups or something because. <laughs> That sounds intense, and they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a different type when you hear that just fly by you out your hand, and you get that kill shot." And I'm like, "Oh, dude, yeah. that's the stuff I like, you know." So I'm like, "Dude, that that sounds like game for me." <laughs> well, brother, I got everything we got to do. All you got to do is show up with your bow, get you a license and a tag, and we can definitely get get you one on the ground. I got. Uh, I got two, possibly three different places we can go. Several stand locations. Um, I got three or four different blinds set up. Or at least I will come season. Yeah. So, so we shouldn't have any problem getting you a deer on the ground, brother. Sounds like a plan to me, yeah. I mean, again, it's just one of those things, like, I got to figure out, like, uh, I guess how I'm going to what i'm gonna go after because this is a whole new world to me i mean i'm i'm an avid uh builder of firearms you know going from ar platforms all the way up to 308s and building them that way so that i know um as a gunsmith so going into archery i guess i'm just gonna have to explore so i mean is it like building a rifle is there mechanical parts to it or is it just hey this is what you get off the shelf and you just kind of figure out from there or like you know, I guess what's what's the best way to compare it to for me for someone that like doesn't know A to B from a bow. It's gonna be it, it's gonna be just like going to the store and buying like an off the shelf stock AR, right? 
there's ways to customize it, change it, do the things that you want to do to it. But as far as the body, the bow itself, or the rifle itself in that case, you know, it's going to be about the same. You can, uh, different sights on it. Like mine, I have a single pin adjustable sight on mine. Um, okay. Mine only has one pin on it. And I usually set it at 25 yards, and I'm good out to 30 yards, and I'm good as close into 20 yards. Now, if a gotcha. deer if a deer comes in farther than that, all I do have to do is twist that knob to 40, and the sight will move itself exactly to where 40 yards is for my bow. Um, I like personally, I like having a single pin sight because I don't like having my my sight uh, my sight housing cluttered with a bunch of pins. Gotcha. I like having that one pin to focus on. Now, you can go this, the multi-pin route. That's op- absolutely a uh, an option and a good choice if that's the way you want to go. Um, your stabilizer, you can have you know a heavier stabilizer. You can have a, a shorter stabilizer. Um, your arrow rest. Do you want an arrow rest that where it when you draw back, it raises the arrow to where it's supposed to be? Or do you want a arrow rest that basically locks it into position, and then when you hit the trigger, the arrow rest drops away? Mm, gotcha. It's yeah, see, and that that's kind of one of those things. It's just like it's neat to know that it's customizable to that and to everyone's personal use. I mean, because again, when I it's like anybody else, you go you got varieties of cars that are right there. Boom, bam, different paint jobs. You can check them out. But it's like, bows, I'm like, I look at it, and I, I, I just don't know enough about it. So what you're telling me is to be customizable. So that that right there already pins a, a big old green arrow or a big green light in my head. So it's like, man, why haven't I get in this sooner when it's this intricate? Because there's all these, it's it's more of moving parts than immersible. Like, that's what I like. It's intricate. So. Yeah, you can make it however you however is going to be better for you and whatever is going to be more comfortable in your hands, you know? Um, right. But the biggest thing about it is practice with it because shooting a bow is not like shooting a firearm. You, you were oh, looking, I, I, I can believe that you are looking at a whole different type of discipline. Yeah. And you know, uh, some, some people to look at on like YouTube, for instance, um, Chris B, He's an amazing archery shot. Uh, check out Knock On Archery. I'll send you all these links. Um, those are those are great guys to follow and to learn from. Okay. Heck yeah. Uh, I mean, again, it's like it's it's just new, so it's nice to be able to be here on your show and be like, okay, let me let me hammer some questions here because uh, <laughs> I need to know these things and. Especially when we were talking the other night and we are talking about November, I'm like, yeah, I need to get on this because I need to figure out. And I, again, everyone just told me, like, you got to go in and you got to get someone to size you like a suit. I'm like, really? I got to, you know, I get all, I'm not, I'm a pretty social person, but sometimes when I go in there, I just like to act like I kind of know something. So when I'm in there getting suited and booted and sized up, this guy's like, oh, this is what you need. I'm like, nah, nah, I know what I need. <laughs> oh, no, they'll measure you for your draw length. Yeah. Uh, they'll measure you for your draw length, and and if you tell them, you know, like, listen, man, I'll be straight up with you. This is my first bow. I'm just getting into this. They will go over proper form with you, and 
Because to get to the point to where you're actually working in an archery shop, you can't just be some Joe Schmo off the street. Because when it comes to installing D loops and uh, peep sights and all this other stuff on bow, changing strings out, you you got to know what you're doing. You got to know what you're talking about. So those guys, if they're working in an archery shop, I won't say this for every person, but most people, they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Right. Well, I, that's the thing, though. It's, I mean, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to go seek out a bow shop because outside of what we got, we got the commercialized Sportsman's, which is my go-to shop. And then we got Cabela's, which is now formerly Cabela's and now Bass Bros. So I guess I'm going to have to seek out an archery shop because the only other one I know is if I go to South Dakota here in June, I'll go to Dakota Archery and I'll go pick something up there. Yes, yeah. I can trust, you know, that's a hunting state and where Arizona's, uh, you know, it's wild west out here. Everyone's about guns. I can tell you about guns all day. You know, I can tell you, tell you what, what you, you know, mechanical, what are the best things you want to look at. But when I get into a boat, it's like, do I, do I use a shoestring or what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude, just find your shop, man, and get into it. You'll love it. I'm telling you. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to look into the where the shops are, and I'm I'm sure like when it comes up and I start getting in and talking to these guys and they start telling me some stuff that's gonna be a different language to me. I'm gonna be like, all right, Christian, uh, yo, so this is what the dude's telling me. Is it bullshit or is it like legit? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they're gonna want to they're gonna want to sell me on the you know the the best thing because I'm gonna be a guy that doesn't know. I'm gonna be like you know some 18 year old, 17 year old kid that has never worked on a car that's going in for a simple oil change and the mechanic's going to go and sit them, well, your flex capacitor is out. And the kid's going to be like, okay, how much is it? You know, and that's going to be me going into an archery store. They're going to tell me something. I'm like, uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> let me make some calls. Let me let me fact check this shit because I don't know. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. So. Dude, oh, I, yeah. I'm oh. kind of jealous, though, man. Growing up in South Dakota, did you do any duck hunting down there? Up there? Wherever it's at. Uh. So not duck, but we had pheasant, man. So pheasant was the state bird, and we would do pheasant hunts. You know, when they opened season for that, that's when we went out. We got, you know, I had the, the 10 gauge going out there for pheasants, but that was, we didn't do any duck. But I can tell you this, back home, we did do bow fishing, which I know how to do that. Um, the only bow I've ever used was my uncle's. He had one already with a sight on it, ready to go. And basically he's like, this is the one I use. So this is the one you're going to use. So I, I was like, all right, cool. Well, show me how this works. And, uh, I was pretty good at it. And even in a canoe, I don't know if that's easier or harder, but you know, but we used to go out in Yankton. There was a bridge, uh, pretty much that separates South Dakota from Yankton to Nebraska. And there was a little dam there and it was, Oh, I don't know, 60 foot drop. And there was out there, it's just gar. And I was, I was, pretty good at sticking them from that from that damn wall or whatever the dam is in the dam the bridge or whatever but <laughs> so i was pretty good at doing it from bow fishing but outside of that yeah we didn't do much duck hunting man it was it was pheasant that's all i got to do because i was young so oh yeah dude we'll make a we'll we'll just you come out here brother and we'll just throw your feet first man deer ducks uh, rabbit pheasant we'll we'll get into some shit Man, so, like, that's the thing is I uh, I want to do the whole, like, wise tale with it. You know, you you shoot, you get it with the bow, and then you, you feel that sucker, 
and you pull out the heart and you take a huge bite out of it. That's the shit I want to do. <laughs> is that like a real thing? Is that like real? There's different forms of it, but yeah. I want like I want I want to do it so quick. Well, I guess not because I mean, if I'm gonna shoot it in the heart, that's gonna be the kill shot. So it's not gonna be still be beating. But I want to get in there. I just want to dress that son of a bitch. I want to pull that heart and fucking munch on it. See, most of the people that I know, though, they're against it because they like to bring the the heart home and like cut it up and fry it up and 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 make a whole meal out of just the heart. I I, mean, I can understand that, but. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen them dip their hand in the blood and just like smear it on that person's face. Um, I've seen all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll bring a little, I don't know, those little telescopic travel cups, and I'll fucking take a, I don't know, a cup of air. Just go, just go Red Dawn and like get you a glass full of it and just chug that shit. Yeah, just the, at least the first one. Okay, the first one. I get it. People. They don't. They take it home and fry it. Okay, cool. Second, third one, whatever. But the first one, that's what I'm doing. I'm eating the shit out of that heart. Oh, we can make that happen, brother. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked, man. It's just, uh, I just gotta, I gotta get out there and find something. So that's really what it's gonna be, so. Oh, yeah. You still riding metric bikes, or have you switched over to a Harley yet? Man... I'm still on the metric. Bro. I got my uh, I got my 2018 Metro Glide, so it's pretty great. <laughs> a lot of people are probably like, "What the hell's a Metro Glide?" But I got a 2018 Kawasaki Vaquero 1700. Um, I still got my Harley Eater. I got my VTX 1800, all souped up. She's pretty. She sits in the garage. I take her out on the weekends, but. Yeah, I'm still in the metric, man. That shit, uh, it lasts. It keeps me up. I don't have to worry about really too much going bad with it. So, I, I jump on it and I fucking go. So, are the, both of those are carbureted, right? Or are they fuel injected? Well, you knew your 18's probably fuel injected, but yeah. So they're they're actually both fuel injected. Yep. So even. Even though the VTX is a 2002, it is fuel injected. So. I've got a uh, 2004 Dyna Lowrider because you know me and my Dynas. And uh, uh, dude, one thing I forgot when I bought that bike was 2004, 2005. Harley changed the frames on the Dynas. Mm-hmm. So like finding a seat for that thing right now, I, I'm not gonna be paying less than like five hundred dollars. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people go with the Lapera or the Saddleman, so the, and they, they sell them for... It's like a Glock, man. They buy a Glock, you've had it for six, seven years, dragged it through the mud, shoved it down your pants, rubbed your nuts on it, and then they sell it for a brand new price again. And it's like, seriously? Like, I'm not buying your $500 Glock that you bought six years ago that's a Gen 2 for 500 bucks. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So, but, I mean, if you're looking for a seat... Uh, I know people. I actually know the guy out here with custom cycle seats. Um, Stitch Wilson, he's the owner. Great dude. I've done events with him out here. Um, but he gets seats pretty well cheap, and he customizes them, custom stitching, and he, he guarantees his work, lifetime warranty, anything that goes wrong with it. Honestly, I can ask him and see maybe he, he may have something laying around the shop. Maybe it's like we'll have to see. I'll have to ask him. Oh, that would be awesome. That would save me a pretty freaking penny. 
Yeah, you'll just have to pay for the shipping, whatever that's going to be. <laughs> oh, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, he he does really really solid quality work. Um, again, that's the thing. He's a small business owner. It's just him and his wife, and I've done events with them, and he's a great dude. So hopefully, sometime down the road, I'll get him over here on my show as well. Uh, just because you know he's he's competing, he's competing with the big ones, Salman, Lapera, but I mean all great bunch of guys and companies that are out there but you know small guys we take care of our customers and with stitch he's you message him give him a shout uh he's gonna respond back and give great care so heck yeah we'll have to feature him on our uh small business saturdays that we do on our facebook page hell yeah yeah definitely i'll, I'll let him know too so yeah if, man. Uh, i can get him on the show and then you know we'll feature him on the saturdays that you got going on and i'll just let him know hey i got a boy that's gonna throw you out there and he'll probably hell yeah man let's do it so heck yeah brother oh dude you and i used to ride some miles together man we did we did i missed the old arizona miles man it's so freaking hot out there bro yeah it was uh 102 degrees out here it's not bad yet it's getting bad it's only gonna get worse and uh i mean i hate it I hate, I mean, I just hate that I don't have to wear a helmet, but I wear a helmet and it's just fucking miserably hot. You have to, bro. If not, it feels like you're riding behind the back of a jet engine. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It it will burn the eyeballs out of your sockets if you're not wearing a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. It's more. That's why I like, go ahead. It's just like, it's more of a, not really a safety thing because of a crash, but a safety thing because you'll burn the skin right off your face. Yeah, it's pretty miserable, um, you know, especially wearing eye protection. Uh, no matter what they say, shit's going to get behind your glasses, what, no matter what you're wearing. I don't wear those goggles or anything, but it's hot, and it dries out your eye, and it just, it's it can become very miserable. And on top of that, like, I'm fair-skinned, so I burn easily, you know, and that's one thing my wife, she hates. She's like, you better put some sunscreen on because you're going to burn, and sure enough, I do. I burn. <laughs> well, that's because you don't listen to your wife. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I listen to her very much. Just, I just got to remind her every once in a while, you know, I wear the pants, but she will come in and say, you know, I control the zipper. And I'm like, okay, fair enough, babe. (laughs) Yes, dear. Going to get my, going to get my sunblock. Yes. It's in my saddlebag. I got it. (laughs) And then I come home and she's like, well, you may have had it in your saddlebag. You just didn't put any on. I was like, uh, yeah, about that. (laughs) So, but yeah, we did, we did do quite a bit of miles. Um, we had some fun times out here. It was, it was, I wouldn't say it was short lived, but I kind of was, but you know what, things happen in life and, you know, we, we move on and, you know, we had to go take care of things that we needed to. And, but yeah, out here, um, from meeting you, uh, where was it? You were in Cali, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, yeah, I was still uh I was still stationed out in Cali. I was working on I was being medically retired from the Marine Corps and uh I had come out ahead of so I had taken like terminal leave, which is just it's leave all the way up till the day that you that you're done. So on that last day all I had to do was go on base and pick up my DD two fourteen and um I had come out ahead of time before me and the wife both came out to get us a spot and kind of, you know, 
find us a place to live. And yeah, we've just been friends ever since. You, uh, we obviously we rode for the same club together back in the day. I won't mention the name of it, but uh, I don't think they they exist anymore. But they might. I don't know. I'm. I I mean, I could say. I, I could care less. I could say, I, I mean, I ride with an organization out here, so, and I'm with the same organization that um, when they came into the state, we had ended up kicking them out of the state and uh, basically putting out there to all their guys, like, don't fucking come to my state, you know? But yeah, we rode with that organization. Um, we did our thing, and I can, I can definitely say it's a wild one um, because when you came down from California, I just remember you had just got maintenance on your bike and oh, you yeah. almost made it. I think you made it like within a hundred miles. Dude, and it, it was like close. Pretty to, much welded itself together. It was closer than that, bro. Because I I didn't pay hardly anything for the tow fee. I think it was like ten miles. I mean, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. We were right freaking there, and uh, yeah, they had forgot to put uh, fluid for the transmission in my bike. So, uh, something I learned from the Harley dealership after this is Harley Davidson parts, such as your transmission are designed to be able to run up to 500 miles without fluid in case of like an emergency, like you gotta, you know, you, you're not with close to a dealership, but you got to get to one and, or someplace to service your bike. And, uh, like I said, I had gotten it back, I think like four days before I made the ride out there. So we made it just over 500 miles. Yeah. I think, I think it was something like that. Yeah. And I was, I was sitting at the stop site and stoplight with the rest of them. And I had my clutch pulled in and the bike just lurched forward. And I'm like, what the hell? Started it back up, went to go to the next light, stopped, <laughs> pulled the clutch in again to stop, and the bike just lurched forward. And after that, the the rear tire was just locked up. Yeah, yeah. And yes. yeah, they they didn't put any uh they didn't put any fluid in it. So that whole time, that trend, all them gears inside were just running dry, and it basically heated up to the point where it just welded itself together. Right. It's so crazy because even then, um, in that time, like being out here in Arizona after that, you know, getting the bike fixed and all the things that we did and the, the community that we were a part of. Um, and then it was just so funny because like not really knowing other, each other, but, uh, coming from state from California to Arizona and you're like, Hey, I need a fresh start. Like I want to get out of uh, California. Like, I'm going to jump charters to you guys. And we're like, yeah, bring it. And then next thing you know, it's, we're all living in the same apartment complex. Um, just pretty much owning that apartment complex of everybody knowing who we were and the riding that we did. And, you know, it's just crazy. And then the, the dogs that we had, you know, the, just the bonds that we've shared. And then, you know, pretty much you impregnated your wife in Arizona. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our our dogs are all from the same litter. Yeah, yeah. It's freaking. I won't lie, man. I miss Arizona. I do. I, but I I feel like I miss the people more than I miss the state. 
you yeah. know, you, Rango, well, Alex, um, yeah. just all the good times we had out there, man, and it was a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, <sighs> boy, right. a lot of drinking. Yeah, yeah, like, were you, yeah, I think you were, mm, yeah, I know you were around when I got my Jeep stuck. Bro, I was, yes, I was there. That was the second night, my first night, in, or my second night ever being in freaking Phoenix, Arizona. And yeah. you were like, hey, let's take the Jeep back behind, I've always wanted to take the Jeep back behind the, the apartment complexes. And yeah. it was just this straight drop off. <laughs> and so we get down there and we're stuck and you're like, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. You're the one, this was your idea. <laughs> And well, I remember being launched off the back because I was like, well, I'm going to stand on the back and put some weight on it. Yeah. And you pulled forward to try to get us out. And we got out a little bit, but the suspension dropped and then shot back up. And it yeah. shot me probably 10 feet in the air. And I ended up landing straight on my back. Yeah. Well, I, I give... Uh... I give Alex the blame for that one because he was said he was going to get out and take a piss or something, and he stopped what I had going. That's when I had to hit the brakes, and that's what got us stuck is for some reason he, like, opened the door, and I was like, dude, I can't stop right here. It's too soft, and then he got out, and, of course, I stopped, and, yeah, that was bad. And then we got a buddy of mine who tried to pull us out. He got stuck, and then we had to call a tow company, which was all just embarrassing because, you know. But it is what it is. I think uh, I think the Taz specialty drinks had a play in that one too. More than likely. <laughs> but, you know you yeah, drink, no, you know I drank a lot of them when they're still named Taz's. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting time with those because I even remember going to the in laws and that we had a bottle of Jack and the Mountain Dew and it was you, me, and Alex, and that was the first time that. My mother-in-law met you guys, and she still to this day gives Alex a hard time because that, I guess, I we stayed the night, and Alex got up that morning and was asking my mother-in-law about, hey, uh, can I get some of this milk? And she holds that to it every day about how he was <laughs> that morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it wasn't just a bottle, though. It was the big bottle that night. Yeah, yeah. And I think we killed it. Oh, we did. Oh, we absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was like the huge bottle. And it was... For anybody who doesn't know... Well, anybody other than you and me who doesn't know what a Taz is. uh, You go to Walmart and you just get the six-pack bottles of Mountain Dew. Empty out three-quarters of the Mountain Dew. And then fill the rest of the bottle with Jack Daniels. Yeah. And... I would drink probably three or four of those. Like, if we were partying, I'd probably drink three or four of those. Yeah. And I think the the key factor that played a part in that is not only is it, that's a lot of caffeine, but then we're also doing horseshoes of dip as well. So we just have caffeine and nicotine flowing through us all night. So All (laughs) all night. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's crazy, it's, it's crazy times, man. Like, and of course, like you said, like we're just all busy now, so we're all doing our own thing with work. And you know, uh, obviously, you moved back to Ohio, and 
you know, we're still out here sweating our, our pretty much our nuts off. But, you know, it's crazy to think over the years, um, just the relationship and contacts that we all have. Um, and even we won't even get into the story uh, about us three, including Alex and the situation, you know, stuff like that. But we all know, you and I know there's a story behind that that is just insane. And uh, <laughs> it was a good time, good memories. But, you know, that's just kind of the... That's the shit that we did in your short living of being out here. And like you said, Arizona is great, but it's more the people. And there'll be a day that maybe I'll move out of state, but I, I mean, it may be sooner than later, but we'll see what happens. Bro, you always got you always got a spot here in Ohio, my dude. Yeah, I don't know what's out in Ohio um, outside of you. And, you know, I may be moving. We may look into going somewhere like South Dakota or something. Michaela's my wife. Uh, she's from Albuquerque, uh, but we're definitely not going there. So I'm, I'm uh, I don't want to get mugged. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? If you're gonna move out of the desert, why would you trade the desert for another desert? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why we don't want to do that. Um, she's got family out there still, but there's just nothing out there for us. Uh, but we've considered a couple places uh, with that we've looked at. We haven't made any decisions on anything. We just kind of throwing the idea around but you know we're just kind of right now we got the business um that we're running and so we're we're doing that uh we'll see where it takes us if the market gets too saturated out here but again you know we're just doing our own separate from what everybody else is doing um but we may consider making a change sell our house and pick up and go um but yeah that's all whatever it comes so have you been doing any fishing out there? Uh, yeah, I actually, we do, again, it's Arizona, so there's lakes out here, there's uh, Pleasant, Bartlett, Roosevelt, and they just had, we just had a lot of rain, so they're actually uh, full. Um, we opened up the dam, which flooded a lot too, so it's actually doing really well out here, um, considering the drought and everything that they're doing, but Friday nights we go out to the pond, uh, me and a buddy of mine. Uh, we go out to the ponds out here and we just go to slay the catfish and sometimes we'll go in the morning for bass and stuff like that. But, um, that's the fishing we do, uh, here just to get away. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll go to California. Like I'm supposed to go on the weekend of father's day and go out to California and go deep sea fishing. Um, just outside of Ventura. We did it last year and that was a, a killer time in a crowded boat, but it was still a good time. Yeah. I, I've been, I need to get out and do some crappie fishing. I got to get out there. I got a whole bunch of uh, from baits from our sponsor, Cascray Outdoors. And I've been, I've been, like I said, I've been trying to get out and do some crappie fishing, trying to get some stuff done. But, dude, it feels like work has just been nuts here lately. I can't, can't get any time to get out and, and get after them. We did do some walleye fishing, however, though, during the walleye run up here. That was really fun. Nice. That is a whole different beast. And that's, I've, I've heard that, um, the guy I go to the ponds with on Friday, uh, he, he's, he's older cat. He goes fishing on some of the most expensive boats with the most, ex, I wouldn't say expensive people, but they're pretty wealthy. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's telling me all the time. He's like, dude, we're going to take you out to Iowa. We're going to go walleye fishing. There's nothing like walleye fishing. I'm like, well, okay, let's go. Like, I, I want to fight. Let's go. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's it's been an absolute 
it's been a fun, but it's also been a crazy year so far for us. And then I got a wild hair up my ass, and I'm like, man, I'm going to make some moonshine. Started doing a bunch of research, got the ingredients, now I got the mash together. I don't even have a still yet. I got to go out and get parts so I can build my still. And it's... Nice. It's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm just trying to have fun with the things that I'm doing right now, and uh, we're getting ready in. We're about to start preparing for deer season. I got a couple stands that I want to move based off of what I saw last year. Um, yeah. I want to, I need to get my trail cameras out, st start trying to figure out what bucks that I was chasing last year made it through the season, if any. Um, see what's out there, the different things. It's just, it's about to get busy. So I'm wanting to uh, actually go to Kentucky this year and do some bow hunting early season, hoping that I can, I can get a nice velvet buck. Yeah, that's on my bucket list, and nobody else opens up early enough that's decently close to us except Kentucky to get a velvet buck. And, yeah, uh, they open up September first, and usually about midway to the end of September, bucks are shedding shedding velvet off. So, oh yeah, yeah. See, I I feel you, man. It's it's busy. Um, I work full time, you know, and then I run a business. I also run a screen printing shop that I do a lot of my own printing for my company and other organizations and companies out here. So when I can get away um, on Fridays and go fishing, even if it's a local pond, I don't care. I mean, we were out there last Friday. We slayed about a dozen catfish um, just with our own homemade bait, having a good time, just relaxing. We get out there about right around sundown. We'll be out there for three, four hours. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, when I get the time, again, you know, running full time. And then also with my organization, the club out here that I'm a part of, you know, it just keeps me all really busy. Um, and I just try to slow down as best I can. And, you know, so you got to spend that time where you can. I mean, my organization that I run with, is kind of like you being a parent, you know, so it takes up that any little extra time that you may think you have. And then the guys hit you up or the, your kid hits you up and you got to deal with something. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to do that. I got to plan that for next week. So. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good to be busy, man. It's it really is. Um, I can tell you just um, again appreciation of just letting me be on your show um, with everything I got going on, um, my new show. But it's like it's humbling doing things um, like a business, you know, doing these things for yourself. Um, even just having a podcast for the longest time, I've, I've thought about it, but it's a humbling experience to be able to put this out there and how big podcasts have blown up. And, you know, even when you started yours and your, your videos, I'm like, dude, if he can do it, I can do it. I can make this happen. And I bought all this, you know, all the stuff I needed for it eight months ago and didn't do shit with it. Cause again, I got busy. So yeah. just got to buckle down and do it. So yeah, man, I just, you know, I love doing this. Um, it's kind of slow for us right now. Cause it's not hunting season. We're going to, we're going to put some videos out here shortly about uh, setting up for deer season, getting things ready. Um, but right now we're just, it's slow, you know. Right. And you know what? That gives you all the time to start planning your next, your next step, you know. Um, again, I, if, 
I we're slow here too. I mean, I don't have a storefront that I run my business out of. Um, I'm pretty much all e-commerce and events, and I have product and inventory that I I broadcast out there. I put out to people. I've got my client base, my customers, um, what I bring in, on uh, what I order. But there's times it's it's just like when it gets slow. It's like the same thing with the business. If I had a storefront, I'd probably I'd be okay, but I would have to worry about you know making sure that I'm out there promoting and getting my customers to come into the store because walk-in clients are your biggest customers, especially with small businesses. But yeah, you, know, you just got to keep with it. And uh, that's the same thing out here with uh, what I've got going on. You know, I just I try to keep it as as busy as I can for myself. So I started the podcast, and I want to start doing the videos so I can start putting my stuff out there um, so people can see it. You know, I, I've got over a hundred vests that I stock, um, between apparel shirts, my gloves, Arizona, we do lightweight gloves. I'm a motocross guy. So I like them lightweight. So, you know, that stuff, I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta make sales daily and I gotta, I gotta basically pre plan everything I've got for when I do have a storefront, you know, so everything's going to get slow business market, the economy, man, you just got to buckle down and put that time in. If it's 11 o'clock at night, make a fucking 15 minute video and put it out there. Keep people, keep all the people engaged, your customers, your fans, everybody. So. Absolutely. Well, brother, it, uh, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. We're down, we're down to the end here. And real quick, I want to give a a shout out to our sponsor, Cass Cray Outdoors. Thank you for everything they do. Uh, Make sure you head over there and check them out. Use code BMB10 to get yourself 10% off your first order. Um, why don't you go ahead and give yourself a shout-out, Aaron. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so, um, again, Aaron, uh, I'm out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, big thanks to you, Christian, and what you guys got going on uh, for having me on your show. But, yeah, so it's going to be Vacay Cowboys Clothing Company. You can find us online at www.vacaycowboys.com. Um, Instagram, Facebook, social media, also our podcast, which is No Coast Cowboys Podcast. Um, I did Vacay Cowboys, but it was too long, so just No Coast Cowboys. Um, you can find us on there. We got some shows that we're going to be editing, but give us a follow. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to us. And, like, again, I'm a small business owner, so I love the, the engagement with my customers. So, Heck, yeah, man. Well, With that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and sign it off from here. So uh, once again, Aaron, thanks for being here. And remember, guys, to always sit still, shoot straight, and we'll catch you on the next one.